Hey, welcome to the In Between Podcast, a place where I, Ayik, and friends unpack our experiences as Africans in the diaspora, figuring out our faith, love, finances, and everything in between the now and the next. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another life-changing, life-altering installment of the In Between. My name is Ayek, and I am your able-bodied, able-minded, able-everything host for today's conversation, all of the conversations on the in-between, because it's my podcast. <laughs> How have you been? How have you been over the past two weeks? I hope the weather change hasn't taken you out. It won't take any of us out. I'm not going to lie. Put me in bed for a little bit. I took like 12 COVID tests. I'm like, God, I beg. Please, no COVID for me. And it wasn't COVID, but it woo, woo, woo. had me drinking tea, had me calling my mom like, babe, what's going on? But I'm feeling much better. Thank God for that. How have you been, though? By the time you listen to this, we're going to be like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Four days away from my birthday, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. Shout out to everybody born on October 19th, because I know at least one person listening to this is born on October 19th, because I know like 10 people born on October 19th. And even if you weren't born October 19th, I know at least six people listening to this, their birthday's in October. So happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to me in advance. I wish I could do a special episode on that day, but the way classes are set up, <laughs> I know if you run them, it's not going to work, but yeah, let's guys, we have, we have a lot to talk about today, a whole lot to talk about today, especially today's dilemma. But the one thing I want to address or unpack is, <sighs> you know what? I've accepted the fact that I'm the African auntie that people used to be concerned about. Maybe the over-spiritual or whatever the case may be. But you know what? It is what it is. I'm concerned with some things that I'm seeing in these streets. So this was, what, 2021, last year. Um, part-time, I was working at a plus-size fashion store. I think I talked about that here on the podcast. And um, one time, I, um, my, my manager said, oh, can you help us get drinks since you're going out to get drinks? Like, get water because I worked in a mall. And so she's like, what, uh, I'm like, oh, okay, what drink do you want? What water do you want? Cause people are particular about their water. This lady told me liquid death. That was my first time hearing it. So me, I was just like, ah, I opened my mouth. But thank God I was wearing my mask. So she didn't really see my reaction. But I was like, liquid death. What? Anyway, you know, um, the clothing store I was working at, they have like, um, these rocker, like a lot of rocker people Think of, if you know the plus size store where people wear skulls and stuff, then you know what the store I'm talking about. So I was like, mm, maybe that's their thing. Maybe it's not called that. I really didn't know what I was thinking, but I was like, it cannot be possible. Anyway, I go to the 7-Eleven in the mall. I'm like, hi, you know, I get my drink. I'm like, um, have you heard of this drink called Liquid Death? He's like, oh yeah, um, check over here, blah, blah. I saw it too. Liquid Death. It got a skull on it and everything. Okay. I was holding it, the way I was holding it, I don't even understand myself. My hands were kind of shaking because I'm like, liquid death and you're drinking it? Fast forward, I was on TikTok recently <laughs> and there's a lady, um, she had a uh, weight loss surgery and you know, she's living the healthy lifestyle, doing the healthy vibe. She's also very public about her religion and I'm not saying this to condemn her or anything, but she was drinking the liquid death too. I said, ah, babe, and she's also African. I said, I'm not understanding this liquid death. Okay, the, the people that I worked with, I understand. With all due respect, I understand. You know what I'm saying? But the rest, the rest, come on. Then, 
like maybe 10 minutes before I started recording this, this lady's making recommendations for um, non-perishable things that people can buy, like snacks and stuff. The name of the of the jerky, she presented some beef jerky. It said voodoo jerky. I'm like, okay, y'all going too far with this thing. One is liquid death. This one is voodoo jerky. You two, you're buying it. I was... <laughs> my cousin, we have a family group chat on my dad's side. And my cousin posted this TikTok of um, this lady, her mother threw away one of her baby's bibs and the bib said mommy's little monster. So she asked her mom, mom, did you throw this away? And her mom's like, of course, like what's, what is that? Which one is little monster? And I was laughing, but I was like, that's me as a mom or a grandmother. Which one is monster? The child is not a monster. So I take those things very seriously. <laughs> My friends and I have had this ongoing debate about um, last, last, Burner Boy's last, last. I don't listen to the song that much and I especially don't sing it because that that line of everybody now everybody go chop breakfast I don't claim it it's not true and she'd be like oh here she go here she go but it's like no no if you believe in positive affirmations or whatever the case may be or you believe in the power of like of speaking the word of God and stuff how are you going to be singing that then next week you'll be asking me, babe, this person blocked me. That person, this is this after I gave them my body and soul. Well, what do you expect? Come on, come on. I think we need to be careful about the things we say. I say all that to say this. I say all this to say that we need to be careful about the things we say. Don't be drinking liquid death. Liquid death, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I don't think you can sponsor my podcast, babe. Because I don't agree with such. Voodoo jerky. I don't think you can sponsor my podcast at any point. I don't agree with that type of thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, so those are my thoughts on that. But I don't even want to waste any time. I want us to get into today's dilemma. This one is a serious one. Let me pull it up. Oh, gosh. This world, show. It's just really something. Okay, got it. So it says, hi, Aik. I don't know if you do these anymore, but I thought it's worth a shot. For context, I'm American and my girlfriend is Ethiopian. We are in a same-sex relationship. I don't want to blab too much, but we have been together for almost three years, and although we don't live together, she spends a lot of time at my place. In one of our recent conversations, we were talking about marriage. She was talking about her dream wedding, and she lost me when she said, my husband. The whole time I thought we were talking about our wedding and when I questioned her, she started laughing and said, I can't marry you. You're a woman. That hurt and needless to say, we got into a really bad argument. Before she left, she asked, what made you think I would marry you? I was so hurt and I feel let on. She was the one that said I love you first. She was the one who tossed around the idea of us living together. We spoke on the phone after this. And she said, I'm getting older. I can't play around anymore. I have given her close to three years of my life. Was that a game? I don't know how to feel. I love her and we have built a life together. Simply put, should I stay and hope she changes her mind or should I leave? I don't know if I can love after this, Aik. Hmm. Oh, God. Okay. First of all, thank you for pouring out your heart this way this is not easy to talk about three almost three years is not beans at all it's it's not a small ordeal that is a long freaking time 
Um, the first thing I would say is if she told you she's not going to marry you, I would believe her. So in terms of answering your question of should you stay, if you want marriage, no, which it seems like that's what you want or you want somebody to be with you for life. If that's what you want, then no, because she doesn't have plans for you. She plans on marrying a man. In terms of how you feel about feeling played, yeah, a lot of people have the mentality of um, this is who I'm catching fun with. This is who I'm having fun with. It, I'm not going to marry this person. I'm not going to do anything with this person. But one way that they pull you in is stuff like love bombing, which I don't know categorically if she was love bombing. But if you tell someone you love them, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know how early on she told you, but hey. And, you know, for a lot of Africans, the mentality is like you have the person you love, which I thought it changed in our generation or it's changing in our generation. You have the person you love, then you have the person you'll marry, which is her mentality. Um, They're two separate things for a lot of people still. And I think that's where she's coming from. She, yeah, that would be really, really, really painful. I've heard of similar situations, but they weren't same sex, which I think adds another layer to it because it's like, you really thought this was a game. Like really, really thought this was a game. So it's not only a cultural thing, it's like um, sexuality and all of those things. So in terms of answering your question, I think you really need to believe her. It's going to be hard to separate two years and to be to an, um, what is it? Almost three years. And to be honest with you, the breaking of ties is not going to be easy because she's still going to be showing up. She's still going to be leading you on. It's going to be a process. It's not going to be a thing of, oh, I'm done with you. Leave me alone. And that's going to be it. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a process. Um, Block if you need to, mute if you need to, do everything that you need to do to make sure that you're good and that you're working on healing from this. And in terms of, I don't know if I can love after this, you can and you will. And you're going to love someone that will value you, respect you, honor you, have plans for you, not see you as some kind of game, which, hey, now wow, they won't, they won't, they won't play about you. It might take a little time. It might be stressful. It might be hard because you're like, who do I trust? How can I trust this person? You might even say, oh, I'm not going to mess with people. I'm not going to date people from this culture anymore. That's a thing too. So I'm really, really sorry for this. But long story short, drop her. Drop to the curb. And to be honest, that's what she's. De- that's what she deserves. Since she's so big and bad, she's, you know, like, even the way she said it, come on. My, what? hey, people are. Or something else but i'm sorry for your experience dear take heart it is well yeah um i've heard i've heard of that specific scenario not specific but that idea of a scenario along cultural lines um people like people within nigeria oh you're not from my traps so i can't marry you but we can date i know someone that was with a guy for seven years he used to bring her around everything But he's like, you're not from my state. Even though they're the same tribe, he's like, you're not from my state. You're not from my place. So, I mean, we're not going to get married. I've heard it of people who are dating Africans. I mean, I've heard it African women. I've heard it African men, specifically West African. They're like, I mean, you're not African. You're not from my country. I'm not going to marry you. 
but we can continue having fun. And that's manipulation. That's wasting people's time. That's sick, period. And if that's what you're on, switch it up. And by switch it up, I mean stop doing it because people are getting hurt in the process of you filling in space because you don't want to use wisdom or sense to find your partner. So yeah, I feel quite strongly about that. <laughs> These people, in my honest opinion, they're scammers, they're liars. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling them. I'm not a fan of them. But speaking of scammers, today we're talking about America the Great, this wonderful America that we live in. I want to talk about um, this whole third world country phenomena, developing country phenomena. Someone posted on Instagram that America is a third world country with a Gucci belt. And that's pretty darn accurate. And what made me realize that I kind of already knew, but where I live here in the DMV is a bubble. It really is a bubble. But going to New York, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. The first week I moved to New York, I was telling people in the hall I was staying at at the time that New York, New York is like Lagos. They're they're the equivalent in terms of how people behave and things like that. Um, But New York is a lot dirtier. New York is disgusting. I think I've said this before. And they're like, what? Oh, my gosh. So after the second time, I asked the guy, I'm like, why does that surprise you? And he's like, uh, 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 uh. of course, he didn't have anything to say because there are assumptions, right? Assumptions about Africa, assumptions about how we operate, assumptions about cleanliness. I've heard someone who's an international student from East Asia say categorically, oh, I thought that Africans were dirty. I thought that black people were dirty. And um, you know me, I said what needed to be said, whether it's out of ignorance or um in a sense or whatever the case may be, let's be very clear, Africans taught the world how to take baths. And even after teaching the world how to take baths, a lot of y'all still do not take baths. There are some cultures that are critical of about black people and their cleanliness. They take showers from the waist up. Yes, well-known cultures, they literally only take showers from the waist up. Even that person who made the statement about, um, I thought black people were dirty she says she doesn't like showering every day okay i'll wait anyway so this dude is like um well it's just because it's well nothing we prioritize hygiene we don't have rats running around on the street and crawling on people on the subway i mean we don't have a subway but it's really fascinating really fascinating the shock that people feel or felt (laughs) when i mentioned that New York feels very lawless um, in a way of like everybody's their own government. And I've heard that phrase said a lot about Lagos, about, um, yeah, about Lagos primarily. Everybody's their own government. You have to figure out your own, your trash. You have to figure out transportation. There's no safety on transportation. The police will be chilling or picking and choosing which time, which, um, which, which um, time or place uh, they will go. You have people, young people, who obviously have taken some kind of drug a lot of times because people sell, people sell weed on the street. A lot of these um, sellers have, sell laced drugs, so people get addicted, right? I've seen young people, like 21, 22, if, like I can tell physically they're young, even though they look messed up, 
they're on the trains begging they're smoking crack or whatever they smoke through pipes at the station and this is not a movie <laughs> like this is real freaking life i was in times square with one of my good friends and there's this girl beautiful young lady she has her grinder she didn't know i mean i'm a people watcher she has her grinder and grinder is basically i guess what they use to deceive weed deceive the weed itself so she finished grinding it then she now pours it into something else and she's mixing the weed with something i said god what is this this is in public everybody's watching um you know the street performers or whatever the case may be and it's just a normal day I'm not speaking ill over New York, but New York, mm, 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 mm. every time I go down the subway, I'm like, God, please, I have to say a prayer because you just don't know what you're going to get. And for some reason, I think, I think more people are understanding this, but a lot of times it's still kind of a shock. Um, I can understand, I can kind of understand when people who don't live in America, don't live in New York, find it shocking, but People who live here that still think that this place is a utopia, I find fascinating. Our social systems, social services are not working. Healthcare, one of the worst healthcare systems in the world, one of the worst education systems in the world. Look at the statistics, right? Um, it's not, it's not the flex you think it is. And by it, I mean this country. Now, as someone who has lived in Nigeria, who understands the way things work there, that place is far from a utopia too. But I definitely, every time I have a conversation with friends who, which of course I'm, I think a lot of them know, but some of them still idealize it. Like, oh, in America, this, this, this doesn't happen. You be walking down the street, people are knocking in New York. You watch somebody stealing someone's package, knowing good and well it's not their package. I mean, they've taken pictures of people on the subway carrying knives in plain sight. The bus I took... <laughs> <laughs> the bus I took to the DMV over the weekend, this guy had a sword. For what? Is it the sword of righteousness? I don't know what's going on. I don't get it. So I think the rose-colored glasses by which we use to see the West and to see a place like America heavily, heavily needs to be removed. A lot of times we think one place is heaven, the other place is hell. And it's like, no, it's just universal. It's universally a problem. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere you go, it, it is it is a problem. So being in New York for the past, what, two months has definitely opened, it, opened my eyes in a lot of ways. I mean, even the culture of nepotism and getting opportunities in Lagos, it's about who you know name dropping even down to my professors will be name dropping i'm like at your old age what's the difference between that and a society lagos woman or Lag it's mostly the lagos women a society babe telling you who she knows name dropping if you don't fit this mold nobody's gonna look your way everybody wants to be too cool for school they'll be i <laughs> they'll be afraid to to show that they are using maps to navigate the streets everything is a performance everything is packaging What's the difference? What is the difference? And that just leads me to wonder what then is a third world country, a developing country? I think one major factor is race. There are a lot of countries that I'm like, how is this country better than yours? 
how they have failing systems everything but it's a european country it's obodoibo as we say in nigeria which is like um white town white person's town which is the west right the only difference is color and it's not clicking it's, it's, it's not clicking it's giving internalized anti-blackness and i'm just like oh my gosh <sighs> you just take everything with a grain of salt i was <laughs> i was telling my mom a story about um the whole uh, sex trafficking thing and so as i'm telling the story she she's like lamenting she's like gosh nigeria this is this i'm like i never said it was nigeria it's actually here it's actually america it's going on right here Mm -hmm. it's going on in america as we speak i'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this i'm keeping it short and sweet today but what is a third world country what is a developing country what are people's obsession with suggesting that Africa is this dystopia, even the people living there perceiving it that way? So I, I think I think it's two extremes. So we have the people on the continent who are experiencing it, the people here who are experiencing it, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a dystopia. Oh my gosh, it's utopia. Oh my gosh, everything is so easy in Africa without without remembering that, of course, with money connects or whatever the case may be, things are easier. But by the same token, America ain't the, it ain't popping off like that. Okay, look at UK. Everybody's piling to UK to go to school. And I love that. Developing yourself, growing yourself. But if you're familiar with the way England is going since Brexit and even before Brexit, it's on its way to, you know, wrapping things up. Well, maybe not wrapping things up, but, you know, they're experiencing, they're experiencing a downturn as well. But it's like, no, it's not going to be seen like that because they're white people there. And for some reason, whiteness is better. I understand the trauma because I've spoken to a lot of Nigerians who, when they come from Nigeria, they're like, yeah, I don't really hang out with Nigerians. I try as much as possible to avoid Nigerians. There's a lot of trauma there, and I 100% acknowledge that trauma. But I encourage us all to not idealize any place, any system, because there are things wrong with every system because we're human beings. Racism works neo-colonialism works even the colonialism from that time we're still feeling the effects of it now so those are things to consider thank you so much for listening i will talk to you next time bye for now hey thank you so much for listening stay well stay beautiful stay you in between now and when we meet again bye for now <laughs>